we divide 125 genders by three bathrooms, how much climate change do we have? The Kate Daly Show starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. All right, back here with you. Yeah, little JFK for you. Secret societies, secret pacts, secret oaths. Yeah, we're talking about banking because that's, <laughs> that's where the core of it is and the hill to die on and the thing most important uh, to those that actually run the world is the banking. So we welcome you back. Um, Uncle Milty and I are here. And of course, our uh, great guest uh, is joining us now as well. And we'll take your calls. Mel Madison is a writer and financial services veteran, leveraging over 20 years experience in the realm of high finance, brings war- real world authenticity to his fictional narratives. The newest book is Quaz, Q-U-O-Z. And of course, uh, that's coming out this month. You're going to want to nab that one. Um, and he holds he holds an MBA from Duke and studied creative writing at Loyola. And of course, uh, we will obviously take some calls, but I do want to get to some of the questions. And I know Uncle Milty had, um, had a question for you too. And we were just leaving last hour and it was getting really riveting. So... Um, you know, taking breaks. I, I hate to take breaks, actually, because this uh, is so important. Uncle I really Milty. don't have a question. You don't have a question for him? <laughs> so so let's talk about the, the system, Mel, the system that they're not going to take part in, but we are. We're going to be forced to take part in this, so part, this so-called transparency because they're going to sell it to us for transparency reasons. They will not take part in this, the bankers. Yes? Exactly. This This is a huge huge part of it it's it's the need to preserve that fractional reserve banking that ability for this for the commercial banks to take in money from us the people and then turn out fake money to uh, juice the economy and their profits so they have a plan for it Um, it involves having two different types of central bank currencies a retail version they call it for all of us to use and a wholesale version for the banks to use and these two systems they'll they'll run parallel but just you know Mm -hmm. this is again kind of how this all gets dribbled out so um, one thing that is I think happening is that you know, Jerome Powell has stated he doesn't want the dollar to be the first to do this. He wants to see it rolled out first. Mm-hmm. They started with Nigeria. The first really big, you know, developed economy, I think, is going to be the, the European Central Bank. And uh. and so I look at a lot of European Central Bank information for what the Fed's probably going to do down the road. And you saw the European Central Bank a few years ago start putting out papers about all the the social controls and the different benefits that this has, and as the pushback has has built, they started putting out you know how it's going to be private and anonymous and so on. So they want that control mechanism to be in place, but they also want to uh, preserve the central bank monopoly on uh, fractional reserve banking. And the way they do that is that. Banks, when they do business between themselves Mm -hmm. or directly with the central bank, 
will use a wholesale CBDC, and then there'll be a whole different system set up for individuals like you and me to pay our electric bill and, and, control and do it. that. And control it. it. They can control it, and because there's that gatekeeper, mm-hmm. everything has to go through the central banks, just like with paper money. Mm-hmm. It goes through, this, through the banking system when we want to get our direct deposit. So everything's got to go through this wholesale window so that they can monitor what's going on and that they can have the banks mm-hmm. can have it on their balance sheet and loan out against it so it's not being held directly by you and me. Okay, we do have a caller on hold, but go ahead, Uncle Milty. If, if lenders had never on, switched from collateralized or secured loans to unsecured loans, could this have been possible? I think that the rollout of this could have been possible. But when you take a step back and, you know, we talked about one of the reasons was, you know, there was no longer their own money at risk. But another one of these reasons why they switched to uh, lower and lower loan standards is that this is another way besides the central bank printing money. The other way that fraudulent money gets created is by banks doing loans. And the only way this economy stays propped up and looks like GDP is growing is by funneling more and more money into the system. And so I think what would have happened if they would have kept stringent loan standards is we we'd have you know, the reality would set in, which is not economic growth of three or four percent a year, but economic declines in GDP of three or four percent a year, which matches to what's actually happened to people's living standards. Wow. Mm. Right on. Okay, Uh, caller, go right ahead. You're on with Mel Madison. Okay, I've been studying this. Have you heard of what's called unidroit, unidroit, it's French for law, United Nations International Uh, Law? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's not something I'm familiar with, but if you'd like to briefly explain it, that'd be great. If you look this up, uh, they had a meeting in Tunisia and Geneva uh, in 2003 about these international tokens. They were calling them GDPCs, or Global Digit Product Coins. Hmm. Interesting. And they were debating about this. There's, There's several hundred pages of these debates. Where they went on, on what to call it, like the the BIT okay. stands for mm-hmm. Banking and in, with International Tokens, because hmm. they were going to call them a token, just like you go to a casino. Interesting. Okay. So this mm-hmm. is an international coup. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. No, do with the Federal Reserve. Right. The Federal Reserve should have been the fraudulent reserve. All right. Thank you for the call. Really appreciate that. Do you want to comment on any of that, Mel? Uh, no, but I, I, while he was talking, okay. I did a, a quick search on it. It sounds like another one. It's another one of these international organizations mm-hmm. that's just set up to further this. Right. You know, the Bank for International Central Settlements is the one for central banks. This one looks like it focuses on in- mm-hmm. internationalizing private contracts. And okay. and so it's something I'll look into. I appreciate that yeah. tip from the caller here's of an, an organization. Here's another caller. Go right ahead, caller. Yeah, hi, Mel. I have a question that my first cousin, Six Remove, would probably be happy for me to ask of you. Uh, I'm talking about Andrew Jackson. As you know, he abolished the second Federal Reserve Bank, and it wasn't easy. He vetoed 
the new re- renewing of it. He had mm-hmm. to pull all the money, federal money, through executive orders out of the bank. It was a real struggle, but he was kind of proud of what he did. Uh, but my question is, it's not, of course, not politically feasible to abolish the Federal Reserve today, but we still need to know how to do it. So when the, and then make it feasible. Mm-hmm. And according to Ed Griffin, the author of Creature of Jekyll Island, if you haven't read that, I strongly recommend it. I'm pretty sure you have, haven't yeah. you, Mel? <laughs> You're a fan of Ed Griffin? Yes, yeah. yes. Big fan. <laughs> yeah. Go right ahead. Well, he, he talked about how it's, uh, we, it can be abolished in one afternoon because it was created by the Congress and the Congress can abolish it. But he said it, it has to be faded out, which is very logical because people are so dependent upon it that they don't mm-hmm. have another currency. We need, of course, a co- uh, commodity-backed currencies like precious metals and others, mm-hmm. but there's just not enough out there to do it overnight. Right. So my question to you is how do you see it being abolished and faded out? Thank you. All right. Yeah, no Great Go question right yeah. and and an amazing ancestor. You're exactly right. <laughs> Andrew Andrew Jackson paid off the national debt and refused to renew the charter for the country's second bank, uh, second central bank called the the Second Bank of the United States. You know, very creative names. Um, you know, this country's had three three central banks. The first one was really the brainchild of Alexander Hamilton. You know, Jefferson mm-hmm. was totally against it. The people were against it. It was a big, you know, scam back then. Uh, people selling shares. Congress, you know, ripped from the headlines of the day. Congressmen buying and selling shares in the first bank of the United States, trading on insider knowledge that they had from Washington. Um, and Jackson saw it as what it was. And he, he, he got rid of it. And when the third bank came in, uh, which we call the Federal Reserve System, which they camouflage by having this overarching open market committee and board of government governors that's all you know federally appointed but then there's 12 regional banks under it and those central those regional banks the richmond fed the new york fed the san francisco fed uh the the dallas fed if you actually look at who owns those banks it's commercial banks this is a quote from the federal reserve of st louis website while the board of governors is an independent government agency the federal reserve banks these are the 12 banks underneath are set up like private corporations member banks commercial banks hold stock in the federal reserve banks and earn dividends so when when you do that that's like i said you can look that up right on there it, it, that's probably the most shocking thing about this is if you if you spend time and actually wade through the white papers mm-hmm. and the nonsense that these banks put out they tell you everything in black and white what they're doing you just have to get beyond the veil and you look at the member banks, so these member banks underneath, who owns them? You, you can go to any one of those banks' websites and see who's on the board. Oh, it's the CEO of Siemens. Oh, it's the CEO of IBM. So these are the people that control the banks. Um, right. it, it's not, you know, F- Jerome Powell, he's probably a nice guy. He probably <laughs> is clueless to the fact that, you know, he, he might know theoretically this is going on, but right. he's, he's in a sense of uh, a mass delusional denial of, you know, just not seeing it for what it is, unwilling to admit what's really happening and that he's, you know, a part of it and enabling it. And so I think these people, you know, these aren't, you know, personal um, threats or, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, disparagement of of individuals. Some of them very well are likely evil. Some of them are well-meaning, but very misguided. Um, Now, really quickly to the the question was, how does this all end? And, And there is no easy way 
to wrap this thing up in a bow and 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 usher it out the door like an unwanted house guest. Um, this is something that is so entrenched that this comes back to an earlier part of the conversation. It's got to kind of go out likely either through a death by a thousand cuts or through an apocalyptic apocalyptic mm-hmm. calamity right. that is so devastating that this Bretton Woods 2.0 comes in and, and breaks it apart. But there'd be a lot of pain associated with it either way. Wow. Okay. I have a lot of loaded questions for you coming into the next segment because I know people want to know how to deal with this and what they could do to safeguard themselves or what they could do now. Certainly there's something that we can do rather than just kind of watch the car crash happen. But you, you, are, you're, you tend to kind of think that maybe towards this latter part of this decade that there'll be something that happens that's a pretty big deal, right? And that's with five seconds to go, but yes? <laughs> yes, that, that's yes. what it is. Okay. That's what it is. Okay, we'll come back. We'll talk about that. And obviously, what can we do? Is there anything you could do, really do? Be right back. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. More with Mel Madison and, of course, Uncle Milty. Hey, everybody. As we enter into 2024, this is really important. The banking crisis, which is kind of remaining kind of quiet, except for smaller banks are, are failing as more centralized banking even happens at these levels right now that we're seeing. That's why we saw some of the bank closures uh, last year. As this enters stage two, this is really, really important. Investors are relaxed right now because they think the banking crisis is over, but it's really a big mistake. History shows that major financial crises unfold in stages and have a quiet period between the initial stage and the critical stage when it's too late to do anything. The next forecast that's coming, the more acute stage two of the banking crisis is coming after a quiet period, right? We know this. It's coming. Birch Gold is writing about this. They understand that there's this quiet period right now. This is the time, you guys, get everything you have at least backed by gold. It won't cost you anything, which is amazing. You can take advantage of this, at least get the information. Your IRAs, your retirement, are they short up? Are they backed by anything important, by any by any gold? Um, and make sure you buy gold and silver from Birch Gold. These are the people I trust, okay? And I love them. Um, you guys out there that have that have done this are saying such fantastic things about Birch Gold. I knew you would. And, of course, Ron Paul, Steve Bannon, uh, Ben Shapiro. These are all the people that use Birch Gold for a reason. They have a stellar reputation. Please text 989898. That's the phone number, 989898, those six digits. Text my name, Kate, as the message on your phone. And when you do that, you'll get some free information to look at. Please do this, okay? Just get the free information. Information is free and You know, you can't go wrong with information and at least you'll have some answers on if this is something you should do too. Thanks, you guys. Birch Gold is amazing. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. Are you enjoying this? Mel Madison is our guest, M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N. Uh, melmadison.com, also the book Quaz, uh, and go get it. I mean, he's going to explain all these things that he's talking to us right now about in uh, major detail. And you need that major detail going in. Because I just had a conversation with my um, 21-year-old about future and money and job and what to do and how to position yourself right and all of these types of things, Mel, and it's going to be coming up a lot, especially with the youth. They're going to wonder what in the world they should do and how they should do it. 
Um, but welcome back. Make sure and text Birch Gold uh, 989898, best place to buy gold and silver. Uh, wonderful sponsor of my show. We do have a caller. Caller, go right ahead. You're on with Mel. Hi, Kate. Mike. Hi. Hi. Hey, Mel. Uh, just bought your book. You really awesome. know your stuff. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's Appreciate great. it. Yeah. You got it. Um, you know, the question. Um, so holding physical gold and silver, which I'm a big proponent of, won't the banks try and outlaw that and, and, and keep individuals from, from using that? Um, and also, would there be a black market? Would, would that exist after or when they try to implement the, the CDC's, uh, excuse me, central bank digital currencies? I'll hang up and let you answer. Thank you. Great question. Mm-hmm. Go no. ahead. Great question, and, and thank you for buying the book. Um, if people are wondering, you can just search like Quaz, Q-U-O-Z, Financial Thriller, and it'll be available Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org, or go to an independent store, and they'll be able to order it for you. But, um, you know, to your question about gold and silver, so that is literally torn from the pages of the book. Right, there, right. There, there's a corrupt politician, corrupt politician, a corrupt U.S. senator who's in cahoots with central bank chiefs from India, Russia, and China. And um, gold and silver are at the core of what the game plan is for, for replacement in the book. And um, it's a global CBDC backed by gold and silver. But first, um, you've got to confiscate the gold and silver. And uh, there's an act in the book called the SAGE Act that the government does, the, the Silver and, and Gold Exchange Act, where, you know, they're going to exchange out your gold and silver for CBDCs. And, and you know, this is ripped from the pages of history. This was Executive Order, I believe, 6102 um, that federal uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt signed um, when he did a minor version of this um, after the Depression, where there was a big blow up, a big collapse, uh, needed money. And he decided he was going to confiscate all the gold at the then current price of $20 an ounce and then turn around basically uh, metaphorically the next day and make it $35 an ounce and immediately inflate it and take the gold, the real money out of people's hands. And um, in, in Quas, you know, the, the takeout price is, is to confiscate it. Um, and actually pay $25,000 an ounce. And people are going to turn it in because they're going to be amazed that they're getting that much. But the true value is closer to 100000 And that's not a number I just, you know, picked out of thin air. Um, and I'm not suggesting it by any means that gold's going to twenty-five or $100,000 an ounce, you know, anytime, probably in our lifetimes. But if gold were to really be at the same point, um, what it should be uh, historically. And, and you know, that could be a whole nother show to talk about mm. the manipulation of the futures markets and how gold and silver prices are artificially uh, kept down. But uh, we can save that topic for another day. All right, Uncle Milty, we have about 30 seconds. Anybody that wants to look that up, it was called the Gold Reserve Act of 1934. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And so, and the, the the Sage Act is my fictional act in the book, so I, I wasn't see. saying that was a real one. Yeah. But but the real the real one exactly. A lot of my book is modeled off of you know the History. tips or the tricks, the tricks of the trade that these people yeah. have been using for a long time. And just really quickly, these people because a lot of the times you know you hear people say these people, and I think 
one thing with what's going on here, because everyone is so open about it in this community um, <laughs> of the deep economic state, is you know who these people are. We're going to come know, right like, back like, on that note. These people. We're going to come right back on that with Mel Madison. Stay with us. Stay with us, of course. You have to right now. <laughs> of nature's fruits and veggies supplements changing the world one life at a time honey i am like a different woman i mean finally one day i I kept seeing that commercial i said what the heck what do i got to lose i started feeling a little bit better so i got my sister on them i got my daughter on them i can't say enough about them i really can't those commercials that you all do is the truth Step into the new year with a new you. Start your journey to better health by calling 1-800-246-8751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and signing up as a new preferred customer to get 35% off your first order plus a free fiber and spice supplement with free shipping and our money back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this exclusive holiday offer by using discount code Kate. This is the Kate Daly Show. Look, it's live radio, okay? Cut me some slack here, okay? <laughs> so. Welcome back uh, to the show. And it's every day. My gosh. Uh, Welcome back. We have a terrific guest, if you haven't noticed. uh, Terrific. And I have Uncle Milty here. We also have Mel Madison of Mel Mattison. I say that with T's. It's spelt with T's as in Tom. So M-E-L-M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N. MelMadison.com. And of course, Mel's a terrific guest because he knows his history. And in order to put out a book like this, like Quaz. You have to know your history because of the playbook, the patterns involved. Right, Mel? Yep. It's the only way to understand it. And it's it's really a great help for someone Mm -hmm. who's writing a, a fictional thriller because the most crazy diabolical ideas that you you imagine you couldn't even imagine or you think, oh, no one would actually ever do that. You know, that's what actually has happened. And so they Mm -hmm. give you a blueprint because it's 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 the same game it's the same moves but it's like a different costume or a yeah. different name but it's really the same playbook that they go back to time and time again so we were talking on the break a little bit about what do you tell the youth you know the youth are trying to make a game plan for the future and we have a lot of um, people moving to homes to back in their home to work with a lot more um, a lot more capability of technology but I also see jobs disappearing we also see Klaus Schwab saying rental you'll own nothing but you'll be happy, which means rental everything. What would you tell people right now in how to prepare for this type of future coming? Because you can see mm-hmm. all the moves they're making. So that's not up for debate. Mm-hmm. They're making the move. So how, mm-hmm. what do you tell people? What, what do you say to do? Yeah. 
Yeah, and these these companies um, and these people, um, and you know, I like to give the give the companies or the name. You know, you can look up Compass. Uh, I, I forget the full name of the company, but mm-hmm. it's Compass mm-hmm. is publicly traded. Uh, they're the largest home buyer in the country um, of individual individual single family homes, and is that Black they're Rock? the ones. BlackRock, a division uh, well, of BlackRock. Not this is different from BlackRock. Okay, this is, this is different from BlackRock. Um, they, they, I haven't uh, looked deeply at who their ties are behind them, but it wouldn't surprise me if BlackRock is in there funding stuff. Um, th- these are all incestuous relationships, as mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. you know people share board of directors, and you know financing comes from one source and comes from another. And they you know, did some pretty they, big. Uh, they did some pretty big investing. If I'm going back to my notes in Vegas too, uh, the casinos and the hotel industry and stuff like that too, right? Compass, if I'm remembering right. Anyway, it's a. It's. I was just thinking about that. That name. It's come up in my research. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we do? Yeah. So yeah, th- they went around. They bought all these homes that, with zero mm-hmm. interest rate money, um, and now you know people can't afford them. And th- this is what's been happening, you know, since the 1950s, where you know they tell us that our living standard and GDP has gone up fourfold, and yet. In 1950, one person with a high school diploma in the household could work eight hours a day and Mm. buy a home and buy a car and send their kids to school and not be afraid when they walk down the streets. But we're supposed to think our living standards keeps uh, skyrocketing. So what do you do? Um, You know, as I talked about earlier on the show, if if any of my theory is right, even if 10% of it is right, and there's not a a complete catastrophic collapse, but there's some sort of systematic devaluation, which is already going on, which Mm -hmm. was accelerated during COVID, and which I think is just the warm up for a bigger uh, devaluation through inflation to come, then you have to have, and this this is how they force you to put money into the economy. You have to have your money in things that have an income stream or that have intrinsic value. So gold and silver, you know, precious mm-hmm. metals, commodities, real assets, land, these things have intrinsic value. And if they don't have intrinsic value, like a, a rental house or a property or commodities, then they have to have a revenue stream that will be able to make money in the new um, currency. And, and that's where I talked about like Apple, you know, uh, is going to be selling their iPhones in the new currency. But before that happens, the stock market will be shaken up and, and, and there would be a massive decline occurring. And you don't want to have your eggs in the stock market basket when that happens. Sure. So for younger people, and it's really hard, but I think, you know, what they need to be doing is they need to be thinking about this and the earlier, the better, putting a little bit away whenever they can into some of these asset classes. And they need to be very wary of debt and and be very um, skeptical of the no interest credit cards and the buy now, pay later. And these are all the scams that they use. It's no coincidence that when you walk onto a college campus on every billboard, it's an application for a credit card. You know, you you go and fly on a plane. They try to sell you a credit card. I mean, they want you in debt. And and, and the biggest, you know, thumbs up or or middle finger to Mm -hmm. to the banking establishment you can do is not let them get you in debt. And Amen. because once they got you, then then they got you. And right. and that's 
that's where they get you on the treadmill mm-hmm. and and you're stuck in the corporate system working for them for the rest because of your of that life one, there's that one government um, um project they did milty has a question but there's one government project that they did a year ago i think it was october where they said um when this crash happens for about a year everybody's relieved of any payments they have on anything and everyone's cheering going i don't know anything this is wonderful i can just make my money and spend it but then the year mark comes up and then they have to they have to join into whatever mode of payment that the banks want them to mo- to get into to get their stuff right to continue paying on their stuff but people are co-opting in because of the fact that they got a freebie year which was a big enticement to lure them into uh the cbdc so milty you had a question too I, not so much a question but i do want to comment that the big responsibility here to teach mm-hmm. these young people about the future and what's going to happen is the parents responsibility they need mm-hmm. to quit spoiling their children and providing all these wonderful things that they can't afford Mm-hmm. And teach their children that a more frugal lifestyle is how they're going to prepare for Maybe this. Maybe get into rental, re- renting just about anything or uh, housing or all of those types of things. Would you say that's a great, great avenue to take for the future? Any one of those things? Yes. Yes, definitely. And and I think, you know, Uncle Milty, you're exactly right. You know, there's, there's a responsibility on the individual that cannot be forgotten about. So... Even though I can sit here for the last hour and 40 minutes and talk about the evil cabals and what they're doing and the banking establishment, you know, at the end of the day, there's also individual responsibility that can't be forgotten, you know, the free will that we have. And, you know, the people that are listening to this and are already thinking about this, they they know it well and they they know that. But, But what happens to a lot of people is it's very hard because of the way that the system is so um it's it's mm-hmm. diabolical. I mm-hmm. mean, the amount of advertising that gets thrown at people. The, it's the television commercials. It's the billboards. It's the you need to have the latest and greatest. It's this fostering of hyper consumerism that makes people believe they need all these things that they don't. And That's then true. they sacrifice to get it. And then they realize when they're sitting there working and doing things every day that they don't really want to do, that they've sold themselves and their souls into hawk for, you know, the latest uh, trinket that was being Mm -hmm. offered on TV. And it's just a diabolical system. And sometimes what happens is they prey on the young. And by the Mm -hmm. time people really figure this out, they're already hooked and sucked into it. And then we had the COVID dollars, the looting of the country when it went from billions to trillions, paying out really bribes to representation from local government on up to state governments to get them to do the bidding of these people that are making these plans, which makes it even worse because we think we still have this republic that we don't have uh milton you know, almost we have 30 seconds almost everyone knows someone that went into a large debt to buy a boat and then never get to use it because they're working to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> well no, exactly <laughs> they say the the, yeah. the best day of owning a boat is the day you buy it <laughs> the second best the second best day is the day you sell yep. oh my gosh <laughs> so true uh we're gonna come right back uh we'll finish off the show today very rarely do i have a guest that i ask to stay on but mel just had to stay on with us because there was just too much to talk yep. about and too much to cover i'm so grateful for his time today um, because he doesn't have to. But I think when we were talking about curiosity, curiosity is a really crucial factor in learning what's going on and what's coming. And he has that quality, and I'm grateful for it. Be right back with Mel Madison. Be right back. Hey. 
Hi, everybody. This is Kate. Hey, go to preparewithkate.com. Right now, you can get some food storage in your home, and you can get such a savings on it. You can get a three-month supply with $150 off, or you can get a four-day supply uh, for $297. There's some great deals right now, and the best part is you can actually pay over time, but get it in your house right now. So I'm I'm really letting you guys know, preparewithkate.com. It puts you right into Patriot Supply. They're a fantastic company with fantastic products. Products. And I urge you to go ahead and get some food now as prices are going to be doubling and scarcity is going to be happening. So please get some food under your roof. Prepare with Kate.com. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, Kate here. Hey, I just wanted to make sure that you realize the Pure Body Spray, the Zeolite Spray, there's an ad for that on the bottom of my homepage. You guys might want to grab that. In fact, I'm seeing a lot of really great results from it. This is the one my daughters turned me on to, and they give it to their kids. But also for older people as well, um, because of the metals in our body, the things that are uh, so toxic, they think this is what's causing all the Alzheimer's and dementia to happen. And so if that's the case, this Pure Body Spray, all you do a spray it in your mouth tastes like water you don't even taste anything and a couple times a day and it adheres to the metals and the toxins in your body and takes them out and so this is an important spray with everything going on all of the things showering down on our heads and everything else this is something that you're going to want in your arsenal so i highly highly recommend this uh pure body zeolite spray okay uh, make sure and go to the link on the bottom of my homepage. You'll feel better, less brain fog, all kinds of different things that you'll see from getting those toxins out of your body, your liver, everything else. Zeolite spray is amazing, and this is the purest form on the market, so make sure and get it. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. I got Uncle Milty here. Great show, right? Yep. Got to listen. Lots of stuff's coming. How do you prepare for it? How do you prepare with your family? I'd say buy some food storage. You can still go to preparewithkate.com, which is a great resource. Uh, It hooks you into Patriot Supply. Preparewithkate.com helps the show. That's nice. But also gives you great deals on on food storage, too, because commodities, you might want to have some commodities under your belt. Um, And then also, um, coming back to text birchgold989898, text up my name, Kate, and you'll get some fantastic information and how to shore yourself up against all of this and they're very red pilled over there at birch gold and um when you text 98 98 98 you text my name kate you'll also get some free information that you can act on that won't cost you anything that helps you and also buy gold and silver from them um i have uncle milty here and um i also have mel madison who wrote the book quaz what does quaz stand for q u q o u z q u o z uh yeah, QUOZ Quaz, a financial thriller is the full title. It's very easy to find it online if you do the full title, a financial thriller after it. But it's it's a quantumage, and it, it goes back to what I talked about at the very beginning of the show. There's a space in the Bank for International Settlements where they've set up this quantum supercomputer mm. that I call Icarus that you know manipulates the world's markets. And mm-hmm. uh, it, the people that work there, they refer to the area as Quaz. Okay. I love it. And you also, we were talking about um, COVID being sort of the smaller 
run of what's about to happen in a bigger way. And I have screenshots of the CARES Act where they took the certain section out. And the certain section that they took out was putting millions of dollars into ATM machine type things from the government and then handing everybody a card and saying, your money is on this card and you can go redeem it at your local post office because those are everywhere. And then they took it out right before it passed. What is your take on that and also that dry run of of COVID, the looting that Mm -hmm. happened? Yeah, I think COVID in a lot of ways in a two or three year span was a microcosm. It was a forerunner, a foreshadowing of where things are heading, but on a large, much larger scale. So you had the massive money printing and the inflation. You had the government fomenting uh, racial divides and social unrest and bringing the people out into the streets and promoting that sort of looting and rioting and destruction of the, the rule of law. And you you look at it and you say, you know, what could what could that be a, a pre-runner for? And it's it's a way to get in the social changes that they envision are going to bring us into this brave new world. So the credit card, it's a similar thing to universal uh basic income is another big thing they talk about that they'd be able to deliver to people mm-hmm. with central bank digital currencies. And they, they tell you right right out in front of you who why they want to do it, how they want to do it. I have a really brief quote here from the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change. <laughs> and, Blair. Um, you know, they, this is this is what they tell you if you actually take the time to go through these boring white papers. You know, universal basic income, a social mm-hmm. economic program where all citizens regularly receive monetary transfer from the government without discrimination. And they say that large scale implementation of UBI, universal basic income, however, may require Mm -hmm. further innovations on both the technological and economic fronts. This paper lays out a proposal for leveraging Web3 technologies, digital currencies, digital transaction networks such as the blockchain and other programmable ledgers. So programmable is the key word for social controls embedded into the currency as the infrastructure for scalable and efficient UBI implementation, end quote. So they want to put in the central bank digital currency. They want to provide people their uh, slave, you know, living wages that mm-hmm. get the get the dependency on the government with their UBI. And then they want to manipulate and control the behaviors through the, the social controls and programmability of the currency. The, the spending and they'll do it all in the name of climate change gobbledygook. Right. So you're uh-huh. you're doing yes. something for the country and we hold your dollars. I do have a caller on hold. Yeah. But Milty sort of like they've been doing since right. Lyndon Johnson was president. <laughs> sort of like <laughs> here's a here's a caller. Go right ahead. Caller, make it quick. Yeah, Mel. So I have a question. I, I read the Jekyll from the creature from Jekyll Island. I understand all that. One thing I don't understand. So we owe money to other places besides the Federal Reserve, but don't ultimately we owe that money to the Federal Reserve and the interest uh, appertaining to that? Can you explain that to me? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Go right ahead. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the, the mechanics, when, when foreign governments buy our debt and they're big holders, but they're not as big as people think. People talk about, oh, China's going to sell their uh, U.S. debt. China only owns about $800 billion in debt. Um, it, they're not even the biggest foreign holder. The biggest foreign holder is Japan, and they own less than 10% of what the Federal Reserve owns. So um, 
when a when when who buys actually treasury debt it's the federal reserve and the bulk of the rest of it is either other central banks or it's the commercial banks so this goes back to the purpose of a central bank is to enrich commercial banks um, financial elites in cahoots with the government so when the government pays out interest on the debt our interest expenses taxpayers one quarter of that is going to the federal reserve that owns eight trillion of it but the federal reserve on the macro level not the regional banks on the macro level, they get that interest and every year they pay it right back to the treasury. So one quarter of our debt, we're not paying interest on it. We're, we're paying the interest to the Federal Reserve, but they're paying it right back to the treasury. Um, the rest of it is going to the banks. And what the banks do is they get that, uh, that money, they hold the, the bonds. And then because that's the the gold standard U.S. Treasury notes, then they lend out against that. So the money they hold as collateral, they take the money from you and me, they give it to the government, they buy treasuries, and then they lend out fake money to make the uh, wheel go around in the economy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Isn't he fantastic? Yep. Milty? Extremely. Any last question from you? on what we can do. No, no. Mel, anything else that you'd like to add to today's great conversation about, all right, I don't know where that came from, but okay. Um, we just had some audio come through and I'm not quite sure why. Um, lots of problems always arise and we have great guests, but, um, and I'm part of the blame on today's. Uh, so tell me what you'd like to leave the audience with in this minute remaining. Uh, I would just say, you know, the individual still has, some authority and some power. And if there was one uplifting story in what I talked about tonight, it was that, you know, the Nigerian central banker wound up in handcuffs. And so we have to just, I think, keep educated, um, you know, take a look at some of these white papers if you have the time, you know, but if you don't and you want to entertaining story. Mm -hmm. I'll do one little plug. I've okay. tried not to plug my book. I've okay. tried to talk about what's important, but right. you know, Quaz is a great way to learn about it and it gives you a good story and it also feeds these themes into it and it's educational. And I think it's also kind of an exciting, uh, thriller. So Absolutely. if you like thrillers, give it a try. Q U O Z. Like uh, just remember Oz is the back end of that Quaz. And, Go ahead. And I will now hear your voice as I read it. I know, right? That's so true. That is so true. Uh, he's going to Join me on uh, on Infowars tomorrow too, and uh, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you, Mel. Really appreciate you and all of your curiosity and your work on understanding history to be able to write a book like that. So thank you for that. Thank, it. thank you. You bet. MelMattison.com, MelMattison.com, two T's, and uh, get the book for sure. And of course, I wish phone lines weren't weren't lighting up because there's a million <laughs> more questions we all have. But um, I'll have you back again very, very soon. Terrific guest. And of course, be faithful, be fearless, and see you here tomorrow with Melissa and Susan. Thanks, Uncle Milton.